today we're talking about creativity. Let's get, uh, let's get prayed up and we'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. Now, maybe we don't appreciate it with quite the gusto that we should, but it is an amazing series of events, our health, our freedom that allows us to be here. Would you speak to us in a way that is personal to us? We made the effort to be here. We're searching for something. Whether or not we know that something is you is to be determined. But Lord, would you find us? It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. So creativity. Give a little kid a piece of paper and some crayons and they will create. You give a, a little kid a car, they'll create a whole world. Right now, uh, one of the bedroom doors in our house, you can't close because there's a string of cars along the base of it. And that's the dog's door and, and, and who the dog sleeps with. And uh, so normally we put the dog in there and dog's pretty big and shut the door and they fend for themselves fighting over the bed. And I'm a parent. It's after 9 p.m. What do I care? It all seems to work out. Last night, the dog was roaming the house, comes and sees me. That's not what we're after. But you can't interrupt um, kids' imaginative play. That's not how life works. Madre made, made somebody break down the Barbie thing set up in our walk-in closet, and that was a little, whew. So the cars had to stay. Kids just create. That's what they do. Give a couple of building blocks, they'll create a whole world. And then... You get to adults, and most of us say we're not the creative type. One of the podcasts I listen to and interview podcasts, they, they interview uh, amazing people, great accomplishments, talented people. And at the end, they always ask the same question. What's the talent you don't possess that you wish you did? And almost always, the answer is, if someone asks you, what talent do you wish you had that you don't? Do you have one that comes to mind? Almost everybody says, I'd like to be able to sing play the piano, or play guitar. Because it'd be fun to see a piano and sit down and just create a sing-along, create music, create joy. That would be fun. Most of us can't, so we appreciate the band. And we don't consider ourselves creative, except that as Jesus followers, we claim to be a child of the King who is very creative. Look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we say, ooh, where are the dinosaurs? Why did God create? We'll get to that in just a minute. Why did God create the universe? And the answer is, so we could be put in it. That's it. That's why the world exists, so that you can be in it. Because love is only expressed through relationship. When we fall in love... You see them across the room, the crowded room. You don't just feel the emotion and say, well, so that's what love feels like. I'm in love. Check. On to the next thing and walk away. Love is only expressed through relationship. If your parent loved you dearly but was never around, do you feel that love? Someone might be incredible in another part of the world but you're never going to meet him. Love is only expressed in relationship. That's why God created the world, because out of love, he wants us in it, to have a relationship with us. For me, I saw the hot chick across a crowded room, and I had to walk up to her, surrounded by her circle of friends and the guys she was with. And I told my opening joke. 
from uh, the events and my part on stage, and, and the guy stormed off. I took that as a good sign. She laughed. That was even better. She then has mocked me for 25 years because I turned around and told the same joke to someone else, and she said, oh, he's only got one joke. <laughs> yeah, but it got the girl, so it's a good joke. And then the very next day, I got on the same airplane. I was already scheduled to get on, and I flew to London to live, and I started plotting, one, I need to get back to America, and two, how do I get the girl from here? I don't know her name. I know where she's going to be going to school, so I'll start there. Yeah, it all worked out, but... Love is only expressed in relationship. And why did I go through all that effort? Because when she walked in a few hours earlier and I saw her across the crowded room, I thought, oh, that's who I'm going to marry. I was curious. I want that one. God, what do I have to do? I still ask that most days. What do I have to do? It involves uh, laundry. It involves, uh, after Madre is done putting kids to bed, for me, walk, I get to walk in. It involves lots of stuff. And it's all delightful. Well, that's not true. 99% of it is delightful. Love is only expressed in relationship. Without a strong personal relationship, that feeling of love is just painful. God created the universe to put us in it. So as we read through this bit of the first book of the Bible, let's be clear. We are not anti-science in any way. A lot of scientists here this morning does that mean you're being a bad scientist? No. Does that mean you're being a bad Jesus follower? No. You'd be good at both. The scientific pursuit and the scientific method is asking a different set of questions. Years ago, one of the, uh, the doctors that was here, now in Tampa, because nobody's from Tucson and too many people don't stay in Tucson, but dear friends of ours still, although he's now a Rays fan, uh, which is a problem, but he said, I didn't want to believe in God. Then I looked through the microscope at medical school and I saw the cells and I realized this is him talking said so if I believe what I've been taught what I've been taught is the law of entropy is a law the second law of thermodynamics is you let things go and they get worse kids plants us your car anything if you don't impose order it gets worse that's the second law of entropy. It's not a theory, it's a law. And now I'm looking through this microscope and I'm seeing what I'm seeing and I realize this was created. And he said, so that threw him, depressed him for a little while. And so he walked in and he said, so I don't know that I believe what you believe, but I know that something created and so here I am. Tell me what you got. That's pretty good. We are not anti-science in any way. The scientific pursuit, the scientific method is asking a different set of questions. It's a different set of questions. They're not wrong questions. It's not more right questions. It's different questions. The Russian novelist Dostoevsky, I'm sure you read a lot of him, Notes from the Underground, went to public school in New York in the 70s. The only thing we were good at is reading. That is it. We weren't good at much anything else, including not stabbing each other. But man, this one. Dostoevsky said, rational logic is not the only form of human knowing. The experience of life itself is not rational given its absurdity and suffering. So knowledge is good. Knowledge is great. Is that enough? If every rational being really believed that knowledge was all it took, then none of us would be overweight. None of us would be underweight. We'd all be healthy. We would not be serving donuts. 
It's a scientist that picked up the donuts this morning. How ironic is that? If rational was all it took, then we would know to eat better. We would know to exercise more. But that's not enough. Our power comes from emotion and motivation. You don't believe this? What motivates you? I'm in London. I want the hot chick who's not. I was what you call motivated. It worked. The, the power to move comes from our motivation and our emotion. Rational is great. We're not anything against rational. The Bible hand, handles rational, but we have to ask it the right questions. So as Genesis tells us about the beginning of the universe, it's not asking the scientific questions of how and when. That's not what Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible to answer. It was a Tuesday like any other when all of a sudden there's a big bang. That's not what the Bible is addressing. Genesis is not answering the how and the when. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible for us to understand who and why. Who and why. Verse 25. We'll skip forward. You got the the days of creation. God made all sorts of wild animals, which, as I ride my bike in the desert, I sometimes get to see. There are a variety of them. I've actually seen three mountain lions in my 20 years here. I would not recommend it. It, uh, if you want some motivation to make you pedal faster, see a mountain lion out in the wild. Tucson girl right there, Becky, used to live in the same neighborhood. And on Sunday morning, she said, hey, did you see the email about the mountain lion in our neighborhood? Nope, but unfortunately, I was out pedaling last night. My wife said, you're home early. Yeah, well. God made all sorts of wild animals. Livestock, delicious. And small animals, in a minute it calls them those that scurry along the ground. I'm good. It's very entertaining to be out on a bike ride and see the lizards. Ever seen a lizard peel out? Very entertaining. They're trying to stalk a bug, and then you come around the corner, and they start zooming on the cement. They're not built for cement. Oh, lizards are very entertaining. Lots of uh, roadrunners. Roadrunners just do this. When you're on a bike, those of you that cycle, you know this. Roadrunners will run with you sometimes. They're too dumb just to go sideways, apparently. But this is my favorite roadrunner move. That's, they do that all the time. Roadrunners will take a step back and watch you go by. All right. This is what God made. Each able to produce offspring, offspring of the same kind. Notice this sentence. Each able to produce offspring of the same kind. You go to the men's room. Most of the time the door is propped open. If it's stocked with anything that was accidental, there is soap. I want to stress there is soap. And there's a wall so that, you know, the door doesn't open and somebody says, hey, what's daddy doing, right? So there's a wall, but the men's room is pretty basic. You go into the women's room, and I'm amazed that any of you are sitting here. You go into the women's room, and, uh, you know, it's your basic women's room, and then you go left, and there's a mom's lounge in there. It's carpeted, air-conditioned, has a TV. It's supposed to be tuned to the service, but I go in there a lot, and it's on HGTV, but that's, that's separate. Supposed to have candy, but the kids have discovered it, so they go through that pretty quick. The, one of the points of expressing love is the offspring of the same kind. That's part of the fun of life. Notice the sentence. Able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw that it was what? Good. Is it perfect? No, we get to be involved. It was good. 
We like to give our children and each other good things. Why does this matter? And we'll be done with the, again, we're not anti-science in any way, but there's a theory, right? Why does it matter? If we morphed from lower forms into higher forms, then we won. Survival of the fittest. We get to set the rules. We're in charge. We get to decide our own path, which rules apply to us, which ones are true. But Moses is saying, let me give you a bigger perspective here. However, Moses is saying, God just said, this is my house, and I'm sharing it with you. So while we have the keys to the place, we don't own the place. We just know which rock the outside key is hidden under, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? We have access to the home. We don't own the home. There's someone in charge who's in charge, and it's not us. A who is in charge, and it's not us. And that's what changes life for us into good. There are rules that we get to discover. The scientific method is great. We get to discover. Electricity was always there. We didn't know about it. How big do you want to go? Nuclear fission? Hopefully not explosion. How big do you want to go? How big do you want to understand how God is? Go for how deep the ocean is? That's pretty mind-boggling. How, how vast the universe is? How big do you want to understand how God is? It goes to the end of our ability to comprehend. So our role right here is to find the rules, to learn them, to apply them, to experiment with them, to know them, but mostly to do them. An occasion we don't do them and learn that, uh, you know, laws like gravity are important. Second law of thermodynamics. These laws are part of our life. They apply. We really want to know how life works. We are here to use our gifts and opportunities to be partners with God in creating good. Now, we already covered the offspring. That's good. Why did God create the universe? So we could be put in it. Like a home being built. What's the last thing that has to happen before you know it's created? When it's completed? When it's ready? What's it ready for? People. What's the purpose of building a house? For the people to live in it. That's how we know. So God finishes the world. Verse 26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Let us? Let us? Who's us? And this is where it gets good. Love only exists in relationship. And we are invited into the eternal relationship from eternity past. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what God's doing. We get to be invited into that. We don't have to accept the invitation. There can be a great party. You don't have to go. We are created with the choice to join in or to try and make it our own way. Usually, we try to make it our own way, and then we are willing to join in. Sometimes we join in, and then we take a step back to try it our own way. I say sometimes. That's not true. All the time. Even when we say, I want to join in, we still try it our own way. The Bible follows with a lot of examples that God's way is the best way. And that's why we are created. What's that about being created in the image of God? Does God have bunions? I mean, what's going on? Some of us have reached a stage of life where we are just physically shattered. I got a concussion a few months ago. And 
this week's fun um, symptoms of the concussion is I am freezing. I almost wore a parka today. Right now, literally, I'm cold. I was out front 109 or whatever it's going to be to get today. I'm good, I'm drinking coffee. I said, I'd come out and hug you, but you're in the sun, but I'm happy to come out and hug you in the sun. Next week, when the regulation goes the other way and I'm burning up, boy, the whining you're going to hear. But right now, this week, I barely needed air conditioning in the car. God's created, like I'm created in God's image. God got knee trouble. That's not quite what it means. Created in the image of God. We are created in the image of the creator. We are created to create. And now we go back to the beginning. Yeah, but I'm not a little kid. You give me a piece of paper and crayons. I can't draw, so I don't want to do that. And I can't sing very well. So notice you can sing. Some of us can sing. And that's good. But we're here to solve problems for God's other children. Look at this. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that, here's a great word, scurry along the ground. Or reign over. We are different than the rocks and the plants and the animals. The image of God matters. Human life has intrinsic value. Taking a human life is an entirely different level than any other crime. Somebody gets really hungry, and I know you read an old story from 150 years ago, covered wagon coming across. They got trapped in the snow. They had to cook and eat the family cow or whatever it was that was pulling them. And now you've got a problem because, well, we got to eat all winter, but now we don't have this pulling our wagon anymore. You can find those stories. And we go, wow, those are my ancestors. Well, not mine, yours. We, where I grew up, we considered Detroit way out west. So some of you have ancestors who survived that. And it's a tale that gives you strength because you come from that. However, if the story is they got trapped in the snow and they started to eat each other, you don't tell people my last name is Donner, right? We don't talk about that. We ate the family mule. It's one thing. It's a little gamey. We ate the family uncle. We know, no. Created in the image of God. Human life has intrinsic value, and we have a role to play. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. Remember the offspring? The very next sentence was, and it's good. It's a big part of our job. Create more of the like kind. So details in a few more paragraphs, but Adam was first and Eve was second. And the order is important. Notice. First, created the ground and separated it. Then the water. Nothing's alive yet. Then the plants. Then the animals. Then Adam. What's the pinnacle of creation at this point? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Some of you have been here before. Right now it's Adam, right? The pinnacle of creation. And God said, you're not good on your own. And if you've met any young man, you know that's true. God's creating, calling it good. He gets to Adam. 
And he says it's not good that he's on his own. So then the pinnacle of creation was created. Eve. What was created after the woman? Nothing. That's it. There's a reason that when the ship goes down, it's women and children first. Men have a very important role to play. But there's a reason that the pinnacle of creation was the woman. Sometimes say in Christianity or church or Bible that women are second-class citizens. No, they're the point. I, I am saying this in front of the hot chick. She's the point. I, I am so excited I get to be there. I have my part to play. But to provide and protect and to make sure she has a good life is a big part of my, my job, my role. And I get to enjoy that along the way. Then God blessed them. Blessed. We are not abandoned. We are sent off on an adventure. Right now, you've got stuff going on, and, and you've got two options. You can go like, holy smokes. I think God is dead. I don't think he likes me anymore. I've uh, made, obviously, a series of poor choices if this is what's going on. Or you can embrace what the Bible says. You've been sent off into the world on an adventure. And you know it ends well. Years ago, our, our middle child announced, I don't like plot. Amen, sister. So we'd watch, uh, we'd, we'd skip the weird opening of Moana. What's that for? And then we'd, you know, meet the chicken the whole bit. And then when it starts to get crazy, right to the end. Every Disney movie, we had no idea what the middle hour and a half was. We'd meet the characters, really like those people. Then we'd skip to the end to see the resolve. The thing is, your life is the adventure middle part. We've met you. We like you. What's going to happen? And the Bible says, if you're part of the kingdom of God, you're guaranteed for it to end well. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Are you going to have some crazy adventures? Yeah. Jesus did, for crying out loud. If Jesus is who we're following, I don't know that comfort is going to be our first request. Um, my car air conditioning, it's okay, but it's a, it's a little bit... It's not as cool as I would like it to be. I cannot get my mother-in-law to understand the concept that once the air conditioner is on, it's on. You don't need to crank it down to 62 degrees. It doesn't go, oh, Judy's extra hot. It's blowing. It's on. That's it. There is no more. It's just a Honda. It's not magic. Well, we can think comfort is our primary concern in life. And you read through the Bible and you talk to the people who had to eat their cow on the way across the wilderness adventure. And comfort's not the point. It's an adventure. Live it well. God bless them. We're not abandoned. We're not set free on this God-forsaken planet and spinning around like crazy. How do we not fly off? We are sent off on an adventure. And God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. Babies, they're fun. The whole process. God's not looking down like, what did you people come up with now? The whole process is important. Babies, they're fun. And the second part is turning wilderness into farmland. It's real work. It's sweaty, but it's worth it. We turn seeds into food. We turn trees into products. We plant more trees. We discovered the microchip. We discovered electricity has always existed. We learned how to build airplanes that can fly. But however, notice, the list is limited. 
we have an important role to play. We are not responsible for the whole thing. Who here owns a cat? See what I'm saying? You can teach a dog. You can't teach a cat. Your cat do tricks, right? Does it shake? Our dog sometimes, just when it's bored, will go through his tricks, just trying to feed the thing. And he'll do his shake one and shake two and sit, right? How many dogs, if there's something that you have that they want, they'll just sit down. I don't know how, why this works, but it does. You can't control a cat. You can't control a hurricane. You can't control a rogue wave. You can't go out and say, today I don't want it to be 109. Let's cool it down just a little. We're not in charge of everything. We didn't build this place. We're in it. We're part of it. So you and I each have at least one God-given gift. And for some, it is singing or drawing. But for most of us, we're given a God-given gift that when we use it, we like it, and it's amazing how the people around us respond. And you know what we're tempted to always do? Well, that's no big deal. That, that's, not a, that's not a big deal. I, yeah, I just do that. Do you know people like this? They have this incredible gift, and they dismiss it like it's nothing? Yeah, that's what you're good at. Do more of that. But doesn't everybody know how to do this? No, you moron. That's why it's called your gift. You're really good at this. I want to do something else. Well, you can have a hobby. But this is when you do this thing, you solve problems for other people. So you find what you're good at, and you find the opportunities, and you go get them. The natural world was created for us, as was entropy. Your world and mine needs order imposed. That's part of our job. Natural beauty happens, especially in the desert. I didn't grow up in a natural beauty place. The desert sometimes is stunning. We're driving in today, and uh, Jackson, who was up here, said, hey, look, the mountains are green. I love when the mountains are green. Later in the summer, when the rains all go away, oh, they're not green anymore. They just look like death. But when they're green, man, natural beauty. The desert has some stunning natural beauty when it's flourishing, as will your allergies. But order out of chaos. If you wonder why your life is challenging, it's because your job is order out of chaos. It's true in your, in, inside you. It's true in your house. It's true at your job. It's true at school. Order out of chaos. I had an uncle. My dad's brother was a Morse code operator in World War II. So when we were kids, 1970s New York, he gave my brother and I, my brother Paul and I, walkie-talkies that had Morse code on them. You know, it was terrible. You know, we couldn't understand each other. We could stand next to each other and not hear each other. Couldn't, nothing. But the Morse code thing worked really well. So my brother was much better than I was. Did I learn Morse code? No. I learned my name. No, that's not right. That doesn't matter. You don't know Morse code. That was, that was perfect. You guys don't know. We could Morse code each other, but basically just our names. The order out of chaos, of just dots and dashes and noise. That's what the job was for my uncle in World War II. Send messages in Europe through Morris Code. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky. Now, does that mean that you see a, we have the weird thing where the bird pokes at our uh, 
our uh, fireplace and it echoes throughout the house. And so the 10-year-old's job is to go yell up the chimney. Does that mean we reign over the birds like, hey, you work for me, knock it off. No, it means we're the pinnacle of creation. And we have a responsibility. Have you noticed this when you're in charge? It's responsible. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Stewardship is the big Bible word. If you're a boss at work, in charge, you know this. It's not for your personal gain alone. Short term, if you're the boss at work and you make it about your personal gain, that will be fun. And then the second week and the third week and the fourth week, diminishing returns. Because you have people working with you, not robots. The way you lead is you listen and you learn and then you lead. Because when we're working for someone, we're still created to create. We don't have to sing, but for life to be meaningful, we do have to have our own unique gifts and opportunities and applying those as partners with the creator of the universe in creating a, a good world every day. What's a good day at work? When you have some success, bringing order out of chaos. What's a bad day at work? You know, I don't think I made any progress getting order out of chaos. And it's over and over again. So we'll finish with this example. Growing up with a semi-Jewish dad, there's a rabbi I like to learn from. So everybody imagine holding up a $100 bill. If, uh, if things are a little tight right now and you can't even imagine that, then hold up a dollar bill mentally. It'll be fine. The point is, so you hold up your cash. Mentally hold up your cash. Now, if you robbed a bank to get that money, then mentally put your hand down. We got cops here, for crying out loud. If you push down an old person to get that money, then put your hand down mentally. Stole her purse. If you took it from a child who was going to get an ice cream cone, and you saw an opportunity because they're an idiot walking like this, talking over here, then mentally you have to put your hand down. If you intentionally defrauded anyone to get that money, you are mentally holding high, then put your hand down. Does that describe anyone? Now, put your hand up if that describes you. Do we have any thieves, criminals, honest thieves? Eli, pay attention. What do we got here? All right, good. Eric, we good? No? All right. Okay. All right. So the point is, then how did you get your hands on the money you're mentally holding aloft? And the answer is, you followed God's created order and you pleased another of God's children. You pleased your boss. You pleased the client, the customer. For some, you, you pleased a relative. And there is another human being out there who voluntarily gave you that dollar bill, that $100 bill, voluntarily gave it to you. You solved a problem for them, and it pleased them so much they showed their valuable appreciation. And that's how money works. So a few years ago, we were here on a Friday night, game night or something. It was raining, monsoon season. And the roof fell in. Right there. The, the underside, not the top side. So the next morning we came in, and we had, you know, done a little bit, but it just looked terrible. So that week, we had the roofer come out. He found the leak and fixed it. 
Then the drywall company came in with their lifts and their special equipment and repaired the damage, and the painter came and painted, and the cleaners came and cleaned up the vacuums, the upholstery cleaners, and they did a nice job. Wouldn't you agree? Didn't they do a nice job? Can't even tell. So we said thank you. How did we say thank you? They give them a hug? Say, wow, your mom must really be proud of you. No. We sent them a check. And they accepted that check. Why were we thankful? Because they created order out of chaos for us. And we were thankful. And so we paid them. And why did they accept the money? Because they did their part in the world. They brought order out of the chaos. That's what we're supposed to do for each other. And now here's the key part that sometimes we miss. My, I had a Jewish dad. I did not miss this. Heard it every day of my life. But I look around the world and I see not everybody had a Jewish dad. Here's the key part. If you didn't have someone who solved your problem of teaching you how money works, here's how money works. Next, the roofer and the drywall fixers and the cleaners all go to celebrate a job well done. And they go to their favorite restaurant and they order their favorite meal. And the chef comes out and says, let me get this right. You want me to go into the hot kitchen and work over a hot stove to cook a meal for you? I don't even know you. I only cook for people in the special club. So then the roofer and the drywall guys and the painter and the cleaners say, club? What club? It's a restaurant. It says right outside it's a restaurant. And the chef says, the special club of human beings who creatively take care of God's other children. It's a special club for people who creatively use their God-given gifts and opportunities to solve problems for God's other children. And so then the roofer, the drywall guys, the cleaners all get to say, what? I'm in that club. Here's my proof. And they have money as proof that they have solved another human being's problem. It was us. It was right there. And the chef of their favorite restaurant then says, in that case, I'd be honored to serve you. Sit down, relax, celebrate. Celebrate a job well done. And in no time, I'll be here with your meal. Because what happens at the end of the meal? The chef is rewarded with certificates of appreciation for solving their problem of being hungry and wanting a place to come and celebrate a job well done. That's how money works. And I was taught that's why God invented money. God invented money. Money's not evil. Loving money more than people is the root of all evil, the Bible says. Because the point isn't money. The point are the people. Our relationship with each other, our relationship with our creator, that's the point. And anything gets, that gets in the way of that is a problem. But money is really important. God invented, uh, invented money to motivate human relationships. How many days a week would you get up and go to work on time and to, your whole job is to solve problems for other people? How many days of the week would you get up and be there on time with a great attitude if there wasn't involving money? Yeah, most volunteer things are what, once a week? Money is the motivator. If I know I can show up and help somebody, is that enough? No. I need motivation. What's my motivation? Pay me to be there. 
Now, around here, I'm a minister. So we say 75% of the stuff, you should be want to do that all on your own. It's the other 25% that we get paid for, like dealing with roofers. God uh, created problem solving in a good world full of people is why God created money, so that we'd be motivated to solve each other's problems. Because every day, entropy is an action. Every day, entropy is an action. Got dressed this morning. All of us got dressed, and Madre vetoed all of our clothes. Got, no, that's not true. The 10-year-old nailed it the first time. Not sure what made her so special. This is my fourth outfit of the day. Put something on, and she said, are you going for a bike ride? No, I'm going to church. She's like, not in that, you're not. All right. I just put this on while I was waiting for you to tell me what to wear. I only have eight items in my closet. Usually I'm capable of dressing myself. Today I wasn't. Four outfits in. Get down in the family minivan. I sit down, and there's a big white spot on my pants. Like, what? Too late. Nothing I can do. I'll mention it as soon as we start driving. Too late to turn around. Entropy is everywhere. You go home. I thought I cleaned this kitchen. Nope. That was yesterday. I'm the laundry doer in our house mostly because I'm trying to impress the hot chick. Get done with all the loads of laundry. What happens? Things half full again. So my job is this. I'm the laundry pusher. That look that full. Entropy. That's what your job is, to dress, address entropy. That's your role in life, whether you get paid for it or not. But the point of the money is the motivation. If you want more money, the prayer is, please, God, open my eyes so I can see more of your children I can serve. Open my eyes so I can see the need so that I can address it. And don't be ashamed to ask to be paid. Your boss, anybody else, nobody has extra money. Nobody has extra money. You don't go in and say, I'd like more money. And they will say, what? Me too. Now get to work. You'll, your raise will become effective when you do. That's the reality of the world. But if you can solve a problem and be worth more, you'll get more. Be useful and enjoy the fruits of your labor. C.S. Lewis, the uh, reluctant British Christian, said, you've never met a mere mortal. Everybody. Everybody has eternity built into them. These aren't just mere mortals. Image of God. Why is the image of God so important to us this week? If we grasp that we are touched by the finger of God, as the poet said, created in the image of God, then we think of ourselves and we treat ourselves differently. Are there things for you to work on? Oh, yeah. You're created in the image of God. Don't beat yourself up. Live up to who you were created to be. And then we start to view the people around us differently. One of my doctor friends said a couple of years ago, he said the most difficult part about his job, he and his colleagues talk about, is that they all seem to care more about their patient's health than the patient does. And that gets really discouraging. The way insurance works, you've got to run the patients through and you're having all these people every day come in and they're all like, oh, yeah, doc, I'll work on that. Let's work on this area right here. Oh, yeah. Right here, I'm going right for beer and pizza. Yep, I'm going to work on this. We 
want to be kind to ourselves, not because we have to. We already know that. We get to. We are created in the image of God, and we want to treat those around us. We want to live up to who we are created to be. We want to be stewards of things and caretaker of people. Stewards of things. If you have a car, vacuum it. Change the oil. Wash it. My, my Jew dad would say, the thing about buying something is now a, it owns you. Because you have to take care of it. Buy a house appropriately. The bigger the house, the more it is to air condition it. The more when it comes time to repaint, the more it is to furnish it. Don't just buy because you can, because it's going to own you a little bit. You have to be a steward of the things. But we're a, a caretaker of people. So as we head out for donuts, by the way, David, how's Korea? China? Good? All right. So apparently David's back. So those of you that want to partake of his inductive Bible study, 15 minutes after the service in the conference room, NASA boy is back, and, uh, and mostly he'll tell you his tale of travel woes. But uh, how's it like sleeping in a Korean uh, airport? Good? Very small. That's good. Somebody else sent me a picture there in Hawaii, and the, their Hawaii airport didn't even have walls. I don't know. What are you going to do? We have walls. I like walls. So as we go out in just a moment and do the donuts. The whole point is these are fellow human beings. Get to know them. Enjoy them. We've we got great people here today, though. I don't even see any of the losers, so this is great. <laughs> so enjoy the sugar, and just take a few minutes, and uh, go on with the week knowing that you, as an image of God carrier, have a role to play. Let's get prayed up. Heavenly Father, thanks for being in this place. The idea that we matter is sometimes very natural for us. And other times, we're not so convinced. Would you give us the courage to trust that you made us uniquely us for this unique time and place? And may we enjoy that while we see a lot of chaos, that you still are the creator of order. If there's anybody here today who doesn't know you, that ABC approach to the relationship, A is to admit we're sinners. We are so busy building our own kingdom, we miss yours. Our unique place in your kingdom. B is to believe that Jesus is the one who makes us worthy of the heavenly Father, the heavenly throne for all of eternity. And C is to choose to follow, choose to be the person you created us to be. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen.